0: Please stand for the reading of the scripture if you're able. Our scriptures today are Matthew 4 19 and 28, 19 through 20. So, Matthew 4 19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And then, Matthew 28 19 through 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, with, commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Our guest speaker today is Steve Scott, and he is the founder of On Target Outfitters, a nonprofit youth mentoring ministry which uses outdoor sports like archery, riflery, fishing, hunting, and camping as a way to connect with young people. Steve attended Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and received a master's degree in theology from Weinbrenner Seminary and a master's degree in children and family ministry from Bethel University. He lives near Findlay, Ohio with his wife of 30 years and his two daughters. As a family, they love to be outdoors, some in the woods, some in the garden, and some diving on the reefs. And they love to travel and explore this great big world that God created. And I know my students at Western Reserve have been greatly impacted by On Target Ministries, so we are excited to hear what He has to say.
1: Steve Scott. I'm the founder and director of On Target Outfitters. I started this organization 11 years ago as a way to offer to young people what was offered to me when I was a teenager. Due to a divorce in my family, uh, I was missing a, a positive male role model in my life and I had an interest in the outdoors but nobody to teach me until my mom introduced me to a couple of gentlemen from our church who um, loved the outdoors, were avid hunter and fishermen, and they took me under their wing and they taught me the skills of the outdoors. But they did a lot more for me. They also let me go back to their homes and experience home life with them to see how parents were supposed to relate to each other and how parents and kids were supposed to get along. They, um, they were my go-to guys as uh, I went through those turbulent adolescent years and um, they're the ones who, who really mentored me and guided me in life. Um, but they went one step further as well. They all became my youth leaders at church and um, they're the ones who really discipled me in my faith as well. So thanks to those guys, um, I am who I am. And now I have the privilege of being able to offer that same type of thing along with a group of of volunteers to literally hundreds of kids each and every year here at OnTarget. When I was in fifth grade at Western Reserve,
2: Steve brought On Target Outfitters to my school for his first ever after school archery program. I got to know Steve really well through that time we had together, and I developed a passion for shooting archery and for being outdoors. A few years later, Steve contacted me and asked me if I would be a part of his team as a volunteer while the organization was continuing to grow and he needed extra support. After that, Steve asked me to be a part of the team as a staff member and I got to be a camp counselor where I really started to see the impact that OnTarget was having on the kids that we got to meet. I went to college and graduated last year. Steve brought me on as the program director, so I'm full-time now. And as the program director, I really get to see how we impact the kids and I get to see the difference that Target Outfitters is making in so many lives similar to how Steve made a huge difference in my life. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity.
3: So I got involved with On Target when my sister and I started doing archery about 10 years ago. Um, We got our own bows and joined the archery team. And then my dad and my mom, they got their own bows as well. And my dad actually coached, coached us on the archery team. So that was really cool just to have my whole family be able to experience something so new and so fun all together. But it wasn't until about five years ago when Steve took a group of us on a trip to the Appalachian Trail in Maryland um, that I realized the just tremendous impact that this organization had on my life. Um, that's when my, my relationship with Katrina started to form. Um, we just got to spend so much time together there and learn so much about each other. And I had known her for as long as I'd been involved with On Target. Um, I was a camper and a volunteer, so I worked under her and looked up to her for a long time before that, but I would say that, that that trip to the Appalachian Trail really was just an eye-opening experience to how blessed I am to have these people in my life and be able to now be on staff and work with these kids and hopefully have the same kind of impact on them that Katrina has had on me because we really just grow in our faith and in our friendship and in our love for life every single day together. Um, In these kids that we get to work with and just being in creation all day, every day, just is the coolest thing ever.
1: On Target Outfitters is a youth mentoring ministry that uses outdoor sports. Things like archery and riflery, fishing, camping, and hunting as a way to connect with young people. Our goal is that through these activities that we would be able to build relationships with these kids, that they would build friendships with our adult mentors who want to come alongside them and guide them and speak truth into their lives. Last year, we were able to work with over 750 kids in the greater Youngstown area, and that number continues to grow each and every year. As a nonprofit organization, our ministry is made possible by the generosity of many volunteers and donors. If you'd be interested in joining this multiplying effect that we are having on young people and on their families, we'd love to have you join us by either becoming a volunteer, a mentor, or possibly partnering with us financially. Contributions can be made online at our website or through the mail. We appreciate your support and look forward to the good things that are ahead. I am who I am because of the mentors I had in my life. I am who I am because of Steve. I am who I am. Because
3: I am who I am because of the Soul family. I am who I am because of Katrina. I am who I am because of Jason. I am who I am because of the Scott
2: family. I am who I am
3: because of on-target outfit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> heavenly father we're so grateful to have steve here and we are ready to be open to what he has to say Amen.
4: thank you well good morning it is good to be here today um as you heard in the video my name is steve scott and i'm the director of on target outfitters which is really just located right up the street here on calla road just down the road from haas apple orchard and um this video was, was shot probably back in 2018, 19, somewhere in there. And since then, a lot has happened with On Target. We now have a second location. Um, our second location is over near Finley, Ohio. And in 2019, our family moved over there. And, um, and I give most of my attention there. We have a good staff here in Canfield, and so I'm back and forth uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm here this weekend because it is our fall open house, and I know you guys have an activity this afternoon, and I don't want to interfere with that at all, but our event starts at noon. So if you're interested in coming out and, and seeing our property here on Cala Road, it um, starts at noon. We go till 5 o'clock today, and you can get a little glimpse of some of the things that we are doing out there. Yesterday, we had about 300 families out, or 300 people out, um, so it was a hopping day. Um, I'll be around afterwards to answer questions about the ministry of On OnTarget, um, but I, want, I do want to get into our message um, uh, rather quickly, and um, the, the thought of today, or the, the, the theme of today is Gone Fishing, and um, fishing, we do a ton of fishing. It, it's an easy thing to, to, um, to do with kids while they're out fishing. You have great opportunities to be able to talk to them, get to know them. And through those relationships, then, you get the opportunity to, to give those little nuggets um, of, of mentoring them in life, but more importantly, the discipleship and faith that, that we want to do as, as a ministry. And, um, and so whenever we, we can, um, we use stories from the Bible um, that tie in with the activities that we do. And as you know, throughout the, throughout the Bible, there's
1: lots of fish stories,
4: right? Right. And um, so our passage today um, is Matthew 4, 19, when Jesus said to to Peter and some of the other early disciples, come and follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And when he did that invitation, as as Jesus uh, frequently did, he took people from what they knew to something different, something new. And so they, he took them from what they were already familiar with to something new. And so Jesus, when he was talking to these guys, they were professional fishermen, and he said, you think fishing for fish is good? Wait till you see what I have for you. I'm going to have you fish for, for men, and or fish for people. And so the, the message today has to do a fair amount with evangelism and discipleship, and I know that just from my years of doing ministry that there are some people who who have the gift of evangelism that seem to be able to find a lost soul under every rock and be able to share the gospel with them and they come back and they give these great reports of of how these lives have been transformed. And and I am I will be the first to admit that I don't believe I have the gift of evangelism, but I do believe that God has called me to make disciples. And God has called me to share the good news. And I firmly believe that He has that same calling on all of our lives. Some are a little more gifted at it, but we all have that responsibility. So come and follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. So, my question for us as we start the service today is who are you fishing for? I want you to think about that. Who are you fishing for? who has God put in your pond? We'll get to that at the end of the message. But who has God put in your pond that he wants you to be fishing for? Our correlating passage comes is the Great Commission. Most of you are probably familiar with it, where Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, even to the very end of the age. A lot of times when we look at this passage, we look at the, those bold statements right there. Like there's four things that God's called us to do. He's called us to go. He's called us to make disciples, baptizing and teaching. Um, and as a kid, I heard this a lot, especially during missions conferences at our church. God wants us to go. And, and there's, there's truth to that. But... In the, in the original language, this passage reads a little differently. So instead of having four commands in here, it really has one command supported by four other, or by three other things. So another way, a probably more accurate way of reading this passage is, as you go, make disciples. Make disciples is the, the main command that that Jesus has for us in the Great Commission. As you go, make disciples, and you do that by baptizing them and teaching them. But the instruction, the command, the commission, is to make disciples. So the question then comes up, well, how how do we make disciples? What does that process look like? And I think for a lot of us, Or I guess another way of putting it is, how do we go about this fishing for people? Um, And I think some of us, we we know that we're supposed to make disciples, but we we don't give a lot of thought of the process of how to do it. And that's really where I want the message to go here today. Um, Discipleship is the process of making disciples. Process of making disciples. And at On Target, our ministry approach is to always meet people where they're at and help them take that next step forward. And our, our slogan at OnTarget is we want to mentor young people in sport, in life, and in faith. So if they come and they're interested in archery, we're going to meet them where they're at. If they're a beginner, we're going to help them get a good foundation and grow in that next level of skill. Um, if they're advanced, we're going to try to meet them where they're at and help them to excel even more. Um, we mentor young people in life. We want, we want to help. We want to speak truth into young people's lives. We want to help shape character. And so when, when they come to us, we want to meet them where they're at. We get kids who come from really troubled, some kids that come from really troubled backgrounds. We don't have the expectation that all of a sudden they're going to be over here, um, super well-behaved, because they haven't learned that yet. So we're going to meet them where they're at. We're going to help them kind of take those steps to keep moving in the direction toward maturity in their character. The same is true in their faith. We get people from all ranges of faith development, from completely lost, I would call them totally pagan, um, lost, deep in sin, in darkness, um, We want to meet them where they're at. We also have people who attend church regularly, um, maybe aren't real involved, but loosely connected. And then we've got others who are very mature in their faith. And all across that spectrum, we want to just meet them where they're at and help them take that next step in in discipleship. Um, So... A lot of times when we think of evangelism and discipleship, we think of two sides of the cross. Um, we've got the, the lost on one side and the found on another. We've got living in darkness to living in light. Um, and we kind of break it into two steps. But really, there's, there's a lot more than just lost than found in the discipleship process. It's, it's probably more... A to Z. My slides didn't quite translate quite right, but A to Z on this long spectrum. Um, and so, to move somebody from totally lost pagan to just one step closer, what does that take? It takes some type of connection. It takes a person to meet them where they're at. It takes somebody who's willing to, you know, get their hands dirty, so to speak, and, and well, I guess do what Jesus did, hang out with sinners, right? Um, to meet them where they're at for the purpose of helping them take that next step, the next baby step. Um, again, when I think of our, my friends who, who really have the gift of evangelism, it seems like they move them from one side of the cross to the other side really quick. Um, I, I tend not to experience that same thing. I, I see the baby steps. But given enough time, and enough, um, enough time and enough intentionality, you start seeing those baby steps moving them closer and to, closer to the cross. And, and it takes time, but the results are great. So meet people where they're at, help them in their next step in the relationship with God. Um, when you think of the discipleship process, and you think of um, what does it take to lead somebody to the cross, I guess think in terms of, of agriculture. You think of a field. We're at harvest time right now. It's a beautiful time of the year. I love seeing the, the combines out in the field um, bringing in the harvest. But it, it doesn't start with the harvest, does it? What happens back in the spring, maybe even in the winter time, You've got the, the cultivating that has to happen. Um, you've got the planning that has to happen. And then the reaping. And in between there, there's a whole bunch of other things, right? You've got the weeding. You've got the, uh, you've got the watering. Uh, there's a lot that goes into getting to that point of harvest. Same is true in evangelism. We have to do that cultivating work with people, um, which is getting to know them, building that relationship. And then out of that relationship, be able to speak the truths of the gospel into their lives. Let them know that there is good news that Jesus came, and and even though we live in a world of sin and we all battle sin, um, God had a plan for that. And that plan was to send his son Jesus to die on the cross to take the punishment that I deserve and that you deserve so that we could have our sins forgiven and start planting the seeds of those gospels to lead them to the point of um, coming to know Christ, receiving that free gift of salvation that he offers. But discipleship doesn't stop there. Once they believe... Then they move to the other side of the cross. And at that point, you want to start building them up, helping them grow in their faith. Um, I got here early today, and I saw you guys watching The Chosen, and I have not seen that series yet. Um, That's actually one of my wintertime to-do list things, Um, especially if we get snowed in, to try to um, work my way through that series. Um, But that's a great tool to grow in your understanding of who Christ is and the life that he lived and the messages that he shared. Um, We want to help people grow in their relationship. Um, But we don't want to just help them grow. We want to give them tools, Um, tools that teach the Bible, tools to study the Bible, tools to be able to um, share the gospel right? For the sake of the the final step, multiplying, which is taking the person who has come to this far end of the spectrum, help them go all the way back to the beginning and reach out to somebody else and start cultivating the gospel in their lives. So it's a cyclical process. Um, And the process of discipleship goes from A to Z. A lot of baby steps in between, um, but these are kind of the, the broader perspectives on it. Um, so, what I want to give you today is I want you to think about four parts of discipleship, okay? And um, the, the first one is making disciples is incarnational, all right? That's a big word. Um, I didn't like it. It wasn't, it wasn't quite what I wanted to use, but it communicates the best, I think, for what I, what I wanted to say, and when we think of the incarnation, we, we think of Christmas time. We think of what we remember at Christmas, when, when we remember that Jesus had been in heaven since creation with the Father, but because of sin and God needing to come to the rescue, he sent his son from heaven into this dark and lost world to take on human flesh, to live a human life, and to die a sacrificial life, um, or die a sacrificial death. So John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh, became human, and He made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. There's a lot in this passage, a lot in this verse. The word became human and made his home among us. Imagine being Jesus. Perfect, without blemish. Living in a perfect place, this place called heaven. And giving up all of that to come to this dark world. That's a lot. But Without him doing that, we never would find our way to God. He came to our rescue. Um, I, I think about this. Uh, we, do, we do some survival camps in our program. And, and out west, I was just out in Wyoming here um, a couple weeks ago, and you get in the mountains, and they, they have these, these special teams called Search and Rescue, right? Right? As for people who get stuck on mountains or fall and have accidents and can't get themselves out, they're doomed unless somebody comes and finds them and rescues them. On their own, they're not going to make it out of there. That was us without Christ. That is us without Christ. Jesus is the ultimate search and rescue. He came to rescue us. The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So how does this apply to us? Because he wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to to reach out. There's another verse, John 17, 18, that says, As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them out. And that wasn't just to the disciples. That's to all disciples, all followers of Christ, that he is Sending us into the world. Now, I know for me, I've got this nice group of Christian friends. I love to hang out with my Christian friends. They're, they're the ones who I can be pretty real with. They know my struggles. I can be vulnerable with them. They're encouraging to me. Um, we have Christ in common and a lot of other things in common. It's just a comfortable place to be. God hasn't called us to be comfortable. And when you think of Jesus being sent into the world, to this dark world, and he says, I'm sending them out to do the same. He, want, he doesn't want us just to hang out with our Christian friends. There's definitely a place for that. But he wants us to going into those dark corners of our community to the people who we might not naturally be wanting to reach out to. He wants us to do that for the sake of sharing the good news with them. Making disciples is incarnational. It's leaving the comforts of home and reaching out to those who are lost. That's kind of the hard news. This is the easier news. Um, making disciples is oftentimes informal. We think of, I oftentimes think of like discipleship as this, this formal process. I need to sit down. I need to do a Bible study. I need to, to gather um, at, at church, or I need to, it's always structured. But throughout Scripture, throughout the life of Christ, you see a lot of informal discipleship happening, right? It's as they're going through life, as they approach a well and there's a lady there, as they are fishing, as, they're, as they see somebody who's sick on the side of the road. Jesus used those opportunities to disciple his disciples. Um, and we see a passage in the Old Testament as well. Um, and this one is... From Deuteronomy 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. That's pretty informal. Or when you're walking along the road, or when you're in the minivan, when you lie down, when you get up. Um, Discipleship doesn't have to be this structured ordeal. It's doing life together. Doing life with your neighbors. Doing life with... Um, the person down the road who just lost their spouse, um, that's an opportunity to reach out to them and and to do life. Or when you see them raking their leaves and you've got some free time, go down there and join them raking their leaves. There's lots of ways to start building those bridges. Um, And it doesn't have to be formal. It can be informal. Um, There is a place for formal. I mean, obviously, in the Old Testament, there was the synagogue where they would, the Jewish folks would attend every, every week for formal instruction, but then parents were supposed to do this informally throughout the week. Um, New Testament, there's obvious instructions to gather together with believers, to, to learn and to grow. That's formal, but there's lots of opportunities for informal discipleship, which oftentimes is more impactful than the formal teachings um, because it comes through relationships. Um, so making disciples is oftentimes informal. But even though it's informal, it also needs to be intentional. Um, <clears throat> Colossians 4, I love this passage. It says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, non-believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, I have a good friend. actually having breakfast with him on Tuesday, an older gentleman. Um, He's got to be in his upper 80s right now. Um, And one of the things he said to me years ago that I've never forgot is he said that he's never had a day where in the morning he prayed, Lord, put somebody in my path that I can share the gospel with. He said, I've never prayed that prayer in the morning and not have God answer it during the day. He is somebody who's intentional about, as I go through my day, I want to pray that God would open my eyes to those who I'm coming in contact with so that when the opportunity arises, I can help them take that next step in their relationship with God. That's what this passage is instructing us to do, to be wise, to be intentional Um, in our interactions with the people around us. Look for those opportunities that God is putting there. Um, I think sometimes we think we go through our day and it's kind of a random thing. Um, But I don't think God has much that surprises him, right? He orchestrates a lot of things. He orchestrates most things. So when you... Run into somebody at the grocery store, or you see them in the neighborhood, that could be a divine encounter. That could be why God had you wake up today, is so that you could meet this person and be that one speaking truth into their life. So be wise in the way you act. Let your conversations always be full of grace. And my favorite phrase here seasoned with salt. Be intentional so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then the fourth one is, ultimately, making disciples is relational. Um, when I was a student at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, um, there, was, there was some um, other churches, other religious organizations that would send people into inner-city Chicago They literally would stand on fire hydrants and preach at people as they walked by. You think that was effective? Not too much. Um, Was their message true? A lot of it was. A lot of them had a solid message. But how they were communicating it fell flat. Um, I would say most of us, when we think about our spiritual journey, we think about those who we had relationships with and how they impacted our lives. As you saw in the video, I had some, some very significant mentors in my life who, who took time for me. They got to know me. And then through that relationship, they spoke the truth of the gospel into my life. Um, I don't think I would have heard that message I don't think I would have received that message like I did if I didn't first have that relationship with them. This passage here is um, one of our theme passages for On Target. Um, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true because you know you can trust those who taught you. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And he was talking about Timothy's uh, mother and grandmother um, who, who really are the ones who, who helped Timothy get started in the faith, and, and Paul's reminded him, you know that the things you were taught were true because you know you can trust those who taught you, and the ministry of On Target, we, we embrace this a lot. We focus a lot of our activities on building relationships. We want to get to know kids. We want to get to know the families. We, we want to build that level of trust, and then out of that, then when, we're, when we share the message of Christ, it's much better received because they know us and they trust us. And um, it's a slower approach to ministry. Um, in the first several years that we did it, I mean, there's very, there was very few that I could say, oh, this person came to know Christ because of the ministry of On Target." But the longer we've gone and the deeper the relationships have grown, now I can say... This life was changed this life was changed this life was changed because they received it because they knew us and they trusted us um, so so be relational get to know your neighbors get to know those people in your workplace have that type of relationship with, with them where they trust you um, and then through that be intentional um, about sharing the, the good news of Christ with them so quick group, quick summary making disciples is incarnational it's going away from where we're at to where the people are who need to hear it it's informal doesn't have to be a Sunday school class it doesn't have to be a Bible study it can be a simple conversation over lunch at the workplace but be intentional Look for those opportunities that God has for you and be relational in it. So as you go, make disciples. But I started out with that question, who are you fishing for? And I want you to think about who's in your pond. Um, because, again, God is not a God of randomness. Um, oh, you just happen to live in Columbiana. No, God has... Put you in Colombiana. Um, God just didn't put you on this, or you just didn't happen to find this house on this street. God put you on that street with those neighbors. So think about people in your neighborhood. Who did who has God intentionally put you around in your neighborhood that you get to know, that you can build those relationships with, that you can be intentional about sharing the gospel with. Um, or maybe it's family. Um, nobody has a, a, a greater relationship with your siblings or your children or grandchildren than, than you do. And that isn't just well, by chance. That was God intentionally forming your family. And you have an opportunity that only you have to speak into them. Um, I put hobbies down here. Because really that's that's how my life was impacted. I had an interest in outdoor activities and didn't have somebody to teach me. And, And God took some guys who shared those hobbies, put them in my life, through that built those relationships, through those relationships heard the gospel. And my life has been changed forever because of that. The schools where your kids go, the church where you're at, your workplace, all of those are your pond. Those are the people who God has put in your your circle that you have a unique opportunity to reach. So as we leave here today, I want you to be thinking about who's in your pond. okay? And then in conclusion, one thought before my conclusion. I forgot about this. Um, You are here today because for the last 2000 years believers have been faithful to the great commission of Jesus Christ from one generation to the next someone thought enough of you to share the good news with you now it's your turn who are you going to be sharing it with so now as we conclude here's what i want you to have as the sign on your the door of your life gone fishing right So I hope that as you leave here today, that you leave encouraged and challenged to go fishing. The world is full of people who need to hear the gospel. God has put you in a unique spot with unique relationships, and he's equipped you with everything you need to impact those people in your pond. So go fishing. Okay. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending your son to us. We never would have got to him without him coming to us. And as you sent him, um, he is also sending us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take that responsibility seriously That we would look for the people you've put in our circles, people who who need to hear the good news of Christ. Um, Help us to meet them where they're at. Help help us to help them take that next step in their relationship with you. Help us to be intentional. Help us to look for those informal opportunities at the workplace, in a neighborhood, um, at our schools. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to be relational. Help us to look at everyone as people who you love, who you created in, their, in your image, and who you have a special plan for, and who you sent your son Jesus to die for. Lord, help us to look at people to, with the same eyes that you have. And Lord, um, I pray that you would, you would not only uh, challenge us with this with your, with your word, Um, that you would equip us with your word, um, that you would encourage us by um, seeing the the fruits of our our labor. So even as we leave here today, Lord, I pray that we would see those opportunities in front of us today, that we would be able to share Christ with people and that we would see the the harvest. Um, So, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this world. Thank you for what you're doing here at this church. And we just ask your continued um, guidance and blessing on it. We pray these things in your name. Amen.